All right. I have a question for you. How would you like to be so close to God that you could hear Him plainly talk to you whenever you needed wisdom and whenever you needed direction and help? In fact, how would you like to receive continual revelation from God that not only gives you deep understanding of the challenges you face, but helps you to overcome them by giving you daily strength actually being infused into your spirit? How would you like to be used by God to share these revelations with others and see people set free? Well, there's a surefire way to put ourselves in this place. And I'm going to tell you it doesn't require years of study. It doesn't re- involve some sort of special anointing or blessing. All it takes is a willingness. Is anyone willing? Are you sure? Because you don't even know what you're willing to do yet. You see, you must be willing to go through trials, to go through difficult times. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says this, Call to Me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Charles Stanley shares that at some point, we all wrestle with why God allows us to suffer. And we wonder if it's because He no longer loves us. But the truth is that some of the greatest lessons ever learned come as the result of hardship that we go through. During those painful times, if we'll cling to the Father, we'll gain tremendous insight into His heart and into His mind. When we experience trials, we need to realize that God doesn't want to hurt us. Lamentations 3, verses 32 and 33 says, though He causes grief, yet He will show compassion according to the multitude of His mercies. For He does not afflict willingly nor grieve the children of men. Now, this does not mean that God causes bad things to happen to us. He causes grief, which means that in His own people, in those who have submitted to Jesus and have received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, God convicts us of sin and produces in us a godly sorrow which works unto repentance. Yet when He causes a godly sorrow and we turn to Him as a result, He draws near to us and has compassion on us according to a multitude of His tender mercies. And through our sufferings, He doesn't inflict more pain on us or shame us, or hide His face from us. Rather, He has great things that He wants to teach us. Each of us, individually. In fact, He knows how each of us best learns. We all learn differently, and God knows how He learns, and if we draw near to Him, He gives us our own individual lessons. Lessons that, unfortunately, can only be learned through sorrow many times. In fact, Jesus modeled this very truth for us. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, though He was a son, yet He learned obedience by the things which He suffered. 
See, Jesus demonstrates that the greatest way to learn how to obey God is through our own personal suffering. In this way, the more that we embrace our suffering and press into God during these times, the more we learn to hear His voice and to know His voice and be able to obey Him. It's a process that we all must go through. For it is only through suffering with the right godly response that we are completed. Hebrews 5, verse 9. And having been perfected, Jesus became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. You see, the way that Jesus Himself was shown to have been perfected was through suffering in His flesh. But here's the kicker. Suffering in His flesh, but not complaining. Not fighting back. Not saying how unfair it all is but all the more drawing closer to God through all the suffering that He faced. See, a lot of people want to be like Jesus, but you know, Jesus lived a perfect life and He suffered more than any of us. But we can learn how to draw closer to God through those times. What He teaches us is that when trouble strikes, we too must be still and ask the Lord to show us what we can learn through this situation. For if Jesus was perfected through His trials and learned obedience by the things which He suffered, why would it be any different for us since we have much, much more to learn? As we go through our sufferings, drawing unto God, we learn to obey God instead of reacting, instead of complaining, or trying to repel our suffering as if it's something unnatural. Yet if we draw closer to Him. Whether the suffering stops or whether it continues is of no matter as long as we are close to Him. Now I understand in saying this that our flesh and our minds does not want to hear this. But indeed I will tell you that it's a sweet, sweet sound to our spirit. Because the depth of this statement is that nothing can pull us from our obedience and our allegiance to Christ. Paul was a man who suffered like few others. And he understood this truth. In Romans 8.35, he writes, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? You see, through every trial and every tribulation, we are drawn ever closer to Christ and His perfect love for us. Romans 8.36 As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. What does that mean? It means as we go through a difficult time, our flesh wants to give us something for ourselves. Our flesh wants to be comforted. But during that difficult time of going into God, there's the, the process is going on is we are dying to our flesh. We are no longer allowing our flesh to lead us and to guide us. We are trusting God throughout the whole time. So as our flesh is dying, we are growing closer to God. But this is not an end to us. Rather, quite the opposite is true. For through all the sufferings we face, God gives us great victory. 
Romans 8.37 Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Do you understand what this means that we are more than conquerors? A conqueror finishes a long, hard-fought battle and then passes out of pure exhaustion and has to take a long time to heal his own wounds endured in the fight. Yet we are more than conquerors. Not only does Christ secure the victory through every trial we face, but then He crowns us with eternal life. The greatest reward of all. It is through suffering and trusting God. It is through suffering that we are driven. Everybody is driven by something. Some are driven by passion. Some by insecurity. Some are driven by fear. Some by revenge. Some by the desire to prove something to someone else. When we are driven by an irritant in our lives, there are two places we can go. Inward or outward. Satan would like us to go inward and only worry about ourselves and only be consumed with our own thoughts, which would limit our ability to grow outward and change the world for Christ. Driven negatively inward, we result to complaining, depression, frustration, anger, pity, and despair. As these emotional responses all feed our flesh. You know that part of us that doesn't want to die? An inward driving force feeds that flesh. Allows it to stay alive. Allows it to keep directing our path instead of God. But if we trim our sails and embrace the suffering, we allow it to drive us outward, creating a passion to pursue God and even a passion to suffer for Christ, giving glory to God all the while. Paul was able to channel this passion after being driven by an exasperating irritant of his own. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. He writes, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I could be exalted above measure. Now you know Paul wrote, by the inspiration of God, wrote much of the New Testament. It would have been easy for him to say, Hey, God picked me. But he realized that God gave him this thorn in the flesh to humble him. The more revelation that Paul received, the more suffering he underwent. And the more suffering he experienced, the more revelation he received. Like Christ, he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. It was the sufferings that drew him closer to God. The suffering increased his need and his dependence on God. Why do you think we're here today after the year that we've all been through? It's been difficult. It's been unfair. It's been horrible on many fronts. But if you've taken that time and have pressed into God, that's why we're here to celebrate even today. The fruit of Paul's suffering was that he received great revelation. 
Through his sufferings, he learned to hear the voice of God more and more. But it was the suffering that kept him in balance. It kept his pride at bay and prevented him from glorying in himself. Paul described it as a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. Think of that revelation that he received just from the thorn. The fact that he could see it as a messenger of Satan, but also see it as something that God allowed to help Paul was truly amazing. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Paul is honest. That he pleaded with God to remove it. To be freed or to be delivered from it. To plead is deep and earnest and persevering prayer. Yet this prayer was not answered by God in the way that Paul thought it should have been. Was it because Paul didn't have enough faith? Absolutely not. It was because God used this thorn to keep Paul's dependency on Him, on the Lord. What could this thorn be? Whatever it was, no doubt, it was a constant nagging pain that made Paul weak, that humbled him, that irritated him. What is it for you? What kind of thorn do you have in your life that weakens you, that irritates you, that puts you in a place to plead and to beg to God to remove it from you, but He continues to allow it? What thorn do you have that may be a messenger of Satan sent to destroy your relationship with God by attempting to discourage you and cause you to either go into rage and sin or to give up? We all have a thorn. In fact, some of you might say that uh, you've somersaulted through a briar patch and now you're covered with thorns. Depending upon the season. Our sinful nature gives place to thorns which ravage us daily. Addictions and feelings of compulsion that keep you under continual temptation are thorns for many. Iniquities passed down through generations that you have been dealing with your whole life are penetrating thorns that have lodged themselves deep into many people. Curses and crises our ongoing, unrelenting drama, our painful thorns that never seem to be abated or lessened. Sickness in the body. Chronic pain is a thorn that sticks many people. One that drives them to beg for healing. And not all find relief. Your thorn may even be the enemy working through someone that has crossed your path. Someone who taunts you, agitates you, gets under your skin and attempts to stir up division or dissension or strife in you. Regardless of what it is, we all have a thorn that the enemy sends, but God allows. Why? For the very same reason that God allowed it to remain in Paul. 2 Corinthians 12.9 And He said to me, Paul declares, My grace is sufficient for you, 
For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, we don't receive His grace until we need His grace. We don't understand His grace until we can't live without it. And we cannot appropriate His grace until we are in a place of utter despair. But once we realize our condition of weakness and admit to God that we can do nothing without Him, then He declares that we can do all things through Him. Amen? Because of Paul's great experience in suffering, he had learned to listen and obey to God and obey God promptly through the revelation and the power of the Holy Spirit. He had his response. You see, instead of complaining about it, Paul embraced his thorn and declares that he would most gladly rather boast in his infirmities boast in his weakness and in his sufferings so that the unequaled and unparalleled power of Christ would rest upon him. You want that power? We have to get to the place where we are at our utter weakness because that's when we access perfect strength is when we are at our weakness. But we, but we can't let pride prevent us from getting to that place. You see, instead of, instead of running from his thorn... Paul accelerates all the more into the land of pain and persecution and peril. For he realizes that the power of Christ is only fully realized in our weakness. This is one of the greatest crescendo revelations we see in Scripture. A crescendo is a musical term that means it starts out quiet, but then it builds with great passion. In this revelation that Paul receives and shares with us, we go from a thorn which weakens us to the perfect strength of Jesus Christ. It is this crescendo revelation that has empowered men and women and children in Christ throughout history. When Joseph was left for dead, and sold into slavery by his own brothers. He eventually found himself imprisoned very unfairly and could easily have given up and burned with rage against his brothers. Yet he stayed faithful to God. He learned obedience through suffering, spending years in prison for a crime he did not commit. So one day, Joseph was exonerated and given a place of great authority and power. And not too long after that, he came face to face with those same brothers who had betrayed him and deserted him. Now the tables were turned. And his brothers came to Joseph begging for food. And seeing that Joseph now stood over them, they grew greatly afraid. And then Joseph responded to his brothers' fears. Genesis 50, verse 20. He said, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good 
in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. In other words, what the enemy intends for evil, God can use for good if we learn obedience through our suffering and draw close to Him through our trials. Especially when we don't understand it. Coming back to Paul's revelation, he continues with this crescendo revelation. 2 Corinthians 12.10 Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, and in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Understand, this is not just Paul saying it. This is the Spirit of God working through him and speaking through him as he's grown, grown, grown close to God through difficult times. Notice how this life-changing revelation brings about a life-changing perception that alters the course of Paul's life. Instead of slamming on the brakes, Paul puts his foot on the gas pedal. Instead of letting the thorn zap him of strength and drive him into despair, he embraces the pain of the thorn and allows the pain to turn into a stimulus that drives him closer to God. We too must embrace the pain of the thorn in our lives, and allow it to drive us closer to God. To have daily dependency on God. There are many things in life that try to impede our relationship with Jesus. Don't be deceived into thinking that all suffering is bad and should be avoided at all costs. We still pray for God to deliver us. We still pray for God to heal us. But God sometimes has a different answer than what we are expecting. Follow Paul's lead. He asked God to remove it from him three times, but never saw it removed. He may not have received the answer he was expecting from God, but indeed he was given an answer. Jesus said, My grace is sufficient for you. In other words, you have all that you need right now. Just receive it. Just exercise in it. Just walk in it and appropriate it and lean on the heart of God, your Father. Instead of running away from the pain, Paul leaned into it. Instead of running from the storm, Paul turned his sails and headed directly into it because he knew that his God would deliver him through it all. He would be with him every step of the way. By embracing the thorn, Paul gained access to perfect strength, perfect grace, and perfect love. With this crescendo revelation, Paul gained the ability to overcome. It didn't mean his troubles stopped or even lessened. On the contrary, they actually increased. But this drove him closer to God allowing him to rely on God for every move he made. But this revelation was not just for Paul. It's for every single one of us. When we embrace the pain of our thorn and press into God, He gives us the ability to overcome. To overcome temptation. To defeat hopelessness. To break every chain of bondage that seeks to imprison us. Remember, 
we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. If we truly believe this, then why is it that we avoid God-anointed suffering or God-anointed trials? Why do we, in fact, why do we avoid certain parts of the Bible that talk about suffering? There are a lot of people who avoid the book of Revelation because they don't want to hear, I won't want to read how we may have to suffer in the last days. But this viewpoint misses the main point of this book. Repeatedly, Jesus shares His main message to us as overcomers. Listen to a few of these verses. Revelation 2, verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Chapter 2, verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. We have nothing to fear. Verse 17, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Verse 26, And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, I will give him power over the nations. There's great hope in the book of Revelation. Chapter 3, verse 5, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Listen, Jesus Christ will confess your individual name before God in all of heaven. That's the promise that we have in Revelation. If we trust Him, we're not going to understand it. That's why He said, My ways are so far above your ways. As the heavens are above the earth, you don't have to understand, but God says, Will you trust Me? Because I want to bring you through. Jesus is going to confess your very name as we put our trust in Him and draw near to Him. Revelations 3.12 He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. Revelations 3.21 To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on His throne. There is a great promise from God. It doesn't get any better than that. To the overcomer, Jesus gives a crescendo of blessings. So, how do we overcome? Revelations 12.11 And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. 
Jesus opened the doors for us. Jesus is the one that did all the things for us and secured victory for us. But it's also our agreeing with what He's done. The Word of our testimony. The Word that goes out on Promise FM every day. The Word that goes out with you when you talk to people. The Word to say, yes, it's been a horrible year and it's been unfair, but Jesus has been with me every step of the way. By the blood of Jesus I am saved and renewed and redeemed and forgiven. And now He's given me purpose to share this message. It's the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony that allows us to overcome. This world needs changing. This world needs saving. This world needs hope. It's by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony going forth, reverberating across the earth, that's going to bring hope and change lives and expand the kingdom. And every single one of us has a responsibility to play in some sort. So excited to be part of a vibrant congregation that believes in that. And a vibrant body of Christ that believes in that. When we rely on Jesus as our Savior and our Deliverer and our Redeemer and we share with others not just the good things, but all, all the things He's brought us through, even when it's especially challenging, when we share that He is always going to be with us and lead us through, then we will overcome. That's the word of our testimony. When we embrace our suffering, we tell Jesus that we love Him more than life itself. After all, Jesus dealt with a few thorns Himself. His head was pierced with a crown of thorns so that He could freely give us a crown of life for all eternity. As we move closer to Passion Week, let us remember the goal of the Lenten season. To know Jesus more. How do we do this? Our memory verse for today. Philippians 3, verse 10. That I may know Him, speaking of Jesus, that I may know the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. Allow Jesus to draw you to Himself that you might truly know Him more. May you gain the personal revelation of God through the thorns which He allows in your life. And may He get all the glory through a life that's fully submitted to Him.